0: Welcome back to the Kingsway Kicker Belt. Uh, Yeah, so, of course, we have international football and championship football and and EFL football uh, this week. Uh, We'll come on to the international football in a bit. Uh, Of course, beginning with uh, the championship, uh, we started with... uh, Watford
1: and Birmingham, didn't we, Al? Yeah, no, it's it, it's uh, that final championship weekend for two weeks, which you know feels quite remarkable, really, given the Saturday Tuesday uh, incessant nature uh, of it over the last four weeks, uh, four months, excuse me, which has been incredibly enjoyable. Um, but another very impressive performance from Watford. Um, you know, Watford Birmingham was one of the games we previewed in detail on last week's show. Um, you know, I was of the opinion that maybe Bury's Birmingham could surprise and upset but you know the timings of Watford's goals were just perfect you know getting that early lead was so crucial and um uh yeah they definitely uh, deserve their three points in the end flowing attacking football which you know is a really nice treat for Watford in comparison to what we've seen over the last few months but yeah they're making second spot their own at the
0: minute yeah uh indeed uh they are they're cementing their place uh of course uh with Birmingham, uh, with uh, you know getting a good win, you know muscling their way to a win against Reading, uh, you know there, there was some expectations from the once going into such a game. However, they failed to fail to deliver. Uh, how would you say Watford uh, nullified their threat and uh, you know played to their own strengths in such a in, in a way? If you get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, well, getting the early goals or the you know the timing of the goals is really crucial against uh, a four four two. defensive shape. Um, So, so for example, you know, when Watford go 1-0 up so early and, um, you know, the onus is then on Birmingham to get back into the game. um, It's difficult, A, to, you know, uh, be successful from that direct style of play. And B, you know, given that you, you're defending in that 4-4-2 and you need pressing uh, from those strikers and Yukovitz and Hogan, um, it, it's really crucial that, you know, uh, intense motivation is there. And, you know, when you're 2-0 down after 60 minutes um, and, you know, the game seems more or less gone, I think that really played into, played into Watford's favour. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, Ken Summer, another, another brilliant performance from him on the wing, uh, really uh, well taken first goal. Um, and uh, you know, he, he is one of those byline players who you know usually sticks to just you know cutbacks and crossing, but he has got a very good cross, cross shot in uh, shot across goal in him as well. Um, and definitely exercise that, but not too many worries for Birmingham. Um, uh, the performance against Reading, which we waxed lyrical about on last week's show, um, was uh definitely very impressive, and um, you know. If they, keep, if they, you know, continue with that performance, um, they should dig themselves out of the muck very soon.
0: Uh, indeed, yeah, uh, this is true. Uh, Birmingham, you know, they have a good manager and they, they have the skills which, which, which that they, they can get out. And as they showed against Reading, they do have strength and, yeah, they can exploit that. Uh, moving on to Barnsley's surprise defeat to uh, a, a shuffle Wednesday team fighting very hard against relegation.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it was a surprise win. Um, A massive relief for Darren Moore to get his first win as Sheffield Wednesday manager. And OK, maybe the stats won't suggest it, but, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, were probably, you know, I could be deserving of a win. Um, It, it was very noticeable from Barnsley, you know, that collective um, uh, 10% individual drop in intensity has a really significant cumulative effect on the functioning of the side as a whole. Um, You know, they're just less effective at, you know, squeezing the life out of sides than they do that. And, you know, as a result, Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday uh, managed to, you know, play that direct style of football um, fairly effectively, which, you know, Barnsley have been so effective with dealing with defensively so far this season, you know, They haven't been phased when coming up against a side like Millwall um, or other more direct sides in the division. Um, And, you know, they can hold their own against either sort of black and white style of sides if, you know, we can make a generalisation like that. Um, But, no, Barnsley will be relieved that the international break has come now. Um, You know, apart from Michael Hellick, who made his Poland debut last night uh, away in Budapest, given the number eight as a centre-back was very weird, but nice to see um all of their players you know uh on international duty and you know that two-week rest will be absolutely pivotal uh for them in the running
0: yeah uh indeed uh that rest you know for a high pressing side that's what's required and uh hopefully they can kick on from here uh you know jordan Rhodes getting a brace and a good performance from palupacy too as you mentioned uh Moving on, uh, Norwich and their uh, draw against Blackburn. Uh, good result for Blackburn, obviously, and uh, complacency on Norwich's part. Would you say?
1: Yeah, finishing complacency, if not attitude complacency. Um, it, it, you know, Norwich was still creative in the game, but maybe you know lacked a bit of dynamism, which you know is so characteristic to Campbell and Pookie, uh, Campbell and Bandera, excuse me, uh, uh, particularly. Um, Kieran Dowell, as we know, is a player who blows hot and cold and misses one of his cold games. Uh, crossing, you know, was slightly um, less reliable from Max Ahrens and um, uh, Giannullis in this game. Um, but, you know, Norwich, Norwich did do more than enough to win the game and, you know, it was a sloppy bit of defending, um, which caught which him ultimately and Kenny McLean uh, fumed at that, excuse me, in the post-match interview. Um, it's uh, you know, with Norwich, you know, it's it's now going to be very difficult for them, if not maybe impossible for them to uh, match Reading's uh, all-time record of championship points now. Um, but, you know, 100 points is still very much in their sights. You know, they know the lessons of Wolves uh, in 1718, and that, you know, they had 100 points in their sights on the final day away at Sunderland, already relegated and lost 3-0, and it cost them. Um, so I'm sure Norwich will, you know, be pretty ruthless from now until end of the season. They've got that game against Watford um, uh, coming up, which is going to be really fun. But, you know, they've got, they're have they really starting to uh, uh, look like one of the all-time championship great sides. And, you know, Timu Puki looking like one of the all-time yeah. championship cult heroes. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I do think so. I think in... Years gone by, there'll be the classic tweets of uh, the streets will never forget and whatnot. And I uh, guess in our generation, uh, if you followed the championship, he was one of the standout players of the, of the latter part of this decade, of the previous decade, yeah. Uh, speaking of other results, uh, Brentford and Nottingham Forest. Uh, Brentford dropping points again.
1: Yeah, incredibly frustrating for Brentford. Um, you know, Brian and Bloomer miss two absolute sitters. In the first half and he's really gone off the ball recently it's it's it, you know remarkable to compare uh his form in the opening uh three months of the season to now um when in those opening three months you know and bruno really looked like he assumed the role of the main talent in that front three after ben Warmer, ben rama and watkins had left um but you know it's definitely tony uh, carrying them now with those finishes you know he only needs three more goals um, to beat Glen Murray's record of 30 goals in the season. And Tony has, excuse me, nine games to do it in. Um, and, you know, maybe even another potential worry is, you know, that Brentford are becoming so wasteful in front of goal at the minute. Uh, there is that reliance on set pieces where, you know, maybe teams with more training time would would potentially uh, wisen up to. Um, but no, no, Forrest. Done, uh uh definitely, you know, smelt blood in the second half, worthy of their point James uh, point, excuse me. Um James Garner, you know, orchestrating things in the middle of the park really well deservedly one man of a match I thought. Um and uh yeah, um they've got that, you know, as as we've discussed in recent pods, you know a massive array of striking options in, you know, Lyle Taylor, um, Lewis Grabham uh as well and uh Glenn Murray. Uh, you know, another championship veteran. Um, but it was Kravinovich, uh, you know, an inconsistent number 10 uh, with regards to uh, his attacking creative role, uh, but always dependable as a defensive uh, cog uh, in the side system. And he he got the goal that he's deserved over the last few weeks. And did uh, so Forrest get the point they deserved as well?
0: Indeed. So, yeah, a good performance from Forrest and a well deserved point. And they're plodding along. Uh... If not very uh, excitingly, but you know there's there's some stability at that club and the, the bad start seems almost forgotten now. Uh, would, would you yeah, just... there's renewed um, um, well...
1: the optimism under Chris Hutton now. Um, they're laying in those foundations for next season. You know, and starting yeah. to develop that idea of his ideal first eleven. I'm sure James Garner will. Getting James Garner in on loan again from Manchester United will be a key part of that, and I mean, if he's playing like he is now, I'm sure um, Olegan Solskjaer will be more than happy to let him continue this, uh, this you know, nice environment for him and you know where he can be the creative fulcrum of the side.
0: Yeah, and uh, finally the South Wales derby, uh, Cardiff uh, getting an early goal and. Uh... Defending very resolutely
1: to uh, keep Swansea out. Yeah, no, it was a deserved win for Cardiff. Um, they should have really won 2-0. An a bizarre moment from Kiefer Moore at the end of the game. Well, excuse me, um, at the end of the uh, first half, where, you know, did all the work, uh, rounding Freddie Woodman uh, very impressively and, you know, an open goal ahead of him. And he just kind of P-rolled it towards goal, which... um. Allowed, um, uh, I think it was uh, Mark Gay to get back and clear. Um, it, it, it really looks like there's just um, uh, Swansea have just sapped a bit in terms of general energy and creativity, and uh, you know it's just it's, it's quite a significant lull, really, to be honest. And this uh, result has been coming for a few weeks um, now. Um, there, there has been a significant significant drop in performance level. But Cardiff were really impressive in, um, in the defensive shape. So, you know, it's a nominal 3-4-3, but then um, defensively they defend in that, well, it's kind of a free, it's like what Coventry played. It's a free magic square in the middle of the pitch, two wing backs and then keep for keep more up front. And so when you have that box midfield, which was vulte Bakuna and Wilson in that defensive role, that, you know, forces teams to, you know, play the ball out wide given that, you know, the, the centre of the pitch is just totally rammed. Um, and when, you know, the ball goes out wide and either whipped or drilled crosses come in to the box, Swansea attempt creativity. creativity. Um, you know, the undertakers of uh, uh, Morrison, Aidan Flint and Kieran Brown and even Curtis Nelson, when fit, you know, are just going to eat that for breakfast. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, a, an extremely resolute system from Cardiff. Uh, they deserve their win and um, they'll definitely be beginning to sniff the,
0: so the Cardiff system is effectively
1: nullifies the magic square of. Swansea. Yeah, yeah. Well, Swansea kind of have a magic three, um, but it's, it's it's definitely the magic square of Cardiff that uh, came out on top the weekend. Yeah. Okay.
0: okay. Um,
1: Fair enough. A final uh, yeah. word on the championship from the weekend. I think we do have to discuss Alex Neal uh, leaving by mutual consent at Preston. I do believe um, uh, uh, um, an adject performance at home to Luton. Uh, Well, that's, that's no win. Yeah, but it's also, you know, the the defeat away at Wickham was, you know, incredibly significant and, you know, things definitely have gotten stale and new life is injected. I'm interested because a lot of the narrative that has come out since Neil's sacking has been that, oh, Preston are toast now. You know, now they've lost a competent manager. That squad on paper is probably a bottom six championship side. I'm really not sure that's true, to be honest. I think there's a lot of untapped potential in that, in that Preston side. Um, you know, Tom Bayliss has been, like, locked up. Uh, it seems over the last two years since signing from Coventry, and his his ceiling as a player is absolutely exceptional. Um, if they can get Reese, uh Reese Jacobson on loan again, that's going to that's going to be really key. Jason Malumbia as well is in there. Ryan Ledson, you know, is is one of the best ball winners uh, going when he's you know impressive. Whiteman, you know, excelled in League One for Doncaster earlier this season, and he's got an incredibly high ceiling story as well. Dan Iverson in goal, if they can get him on Logan Leicester again. Um, as I say, I think there's a lot of players with high, high ceilings in the squad, and you've got the experience in there of um, uh, Lindsay, um, Scott Sinclair as well. Um, so so I, I'm definitely of the opinion that it's a, it was the right time for Neil to go, and that, you know, if they do get the next manager right, they should see ambitions uh, change.
0: Yeah. Well, they were stagnating, Alf. Uh They were on the fringes of the playoffs at times last year in the past few years, but to have a very uh, a mundane season, uh, you know, in lower mid table, yeah. it's, it's not ideal. Uh, of course, that's the championship. Moving on to league one, where we have some midweek fixtures. Do you want to start with discussing the uh, kickabout derby with the Oxford failing to win a sixth field again. Yeah, it's,
1: it, it is a bit of a bogey ground for us. And it was a, a very frustrating performance. Um, we probably have the better of the first half, to be honest. And I mean, obviously there's no cameras to prove it, but Rob Atkinson's header definitely looked like it was over the line uh, before getting cleared and, you know, he was adamant about that after the game. Um, but, you know, it's just a bizarre, so Okay, firstly, why did we change from four three three to four two three one? We've played 4-3-3-1 in the punt and it just hasn't work, worked worked. Especially when you've got such a defensive axis, um it down in Alex Gorin and Grayson. You know, it's it it, it it just doesn't really make much sense from an attacking platform. Dan Edge has easily been most effective when he's been played up front so, for us so far. Um but you know he was uh, uh put out wide uh on the right and you know it's not as if when you when you're playing someone up front you know, targeting, you, know you need balls into the box you need wingers to complement that you know that one um, uh that style of winger who just sticks to the byline and, you know puts quality balls in which you know that asian uh Mide shadipo just clearly on and when that's made some little some winner becomes ineffective um which happens on tuesday night through Uh, little fault of his own and it was exacerbated by you know aimless long balls going forwards i mean that's just not what we're good at um as a team uh, Carl surely knows this and it's just bizarre to see us uh, persist with it um yes okay maybe you can make the argument that it should have been nil nil at half time because northampton's goal was pretty fluky um but i think uh, northampton took the ascendancy in the second half to be honest They, they got their tails up they definitely smelt blood um, uh, Sam Hoskins was giving Josh Ruffles a fairly torrid time in the right
0: um, and uh, yeah,
1: no, to be honest I think if any team did deserve to win it, it was Northampton
0: Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's very fair and objective if you're giving it to your own team but uh, yeah, I, I think Northampton well, saw their opportunity and uh, they played with a surprising amount of confidence well, you know, they have had good results before but uh, you know, they played with A lot of confidence and uh, directness for a team who are fighting and struggling. And, you know, these are valuable points given who they're playing. Of course, Oxford are just noticed in action on a Friday night, which is right. Yeah,
1: no, we're back under the Sky cameras again, which we're terrible under. Um, Our record in Sky for context, if people don't know, it's absolutely atrocious and on TV in general. Um, to be honest, all of our uh, televised fixtures in the league and FA Cup in recent years have uh, have uh, not gone particularly well. Despite um, that, you know, great uh, replay uh, home to Newcastle where we got that last minute equaliser, but just lost the next time. Uh, our record on TV is terrible. It's it might it will get a bit tedious because of the Appleton narrative surrounding the game. Um, Appleton and Robinson, you know, match up again. Um, I I do think Robinson personally must be a bit tired of uh, Appleton comparisons that are consistently made with him. Um, He is his own person. I mean, those comparisons will only become even more prominent uh, and uh, often uh, tonight. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it will be good to play a side who you know, um, like to play the ball out from the back where we're often good at picking those sides up. Um, Lincoln absolutely pay us off the park on the opening day of the season. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I definitely have more confidence in us tonight and it's important if we do have, if we are serious about making the playoffs to, you know, get a, get a mini run at least together to kickstart
0: that campaign again. Yeah, indeed. Uh. Yeah, I I think, yeah, uh, there is a lot of potential at Oxford and, you know, they've shown that. And uh, it's a blip, if anything. Well, the the defeat to Northampton and it's a good opportunity, of course, against Lincoln uh, to put in a good performance and get a win and put that right. It's a very Oxford thing to do, do, do though, wouldn't it, to uh, lose to Northampton and then uh, go on to beat? Yeah,
1: no, it would be a very Oxford thing to do. Well, you you do say that, but um, uh, uh, historically under Robinson, that would be true but uh this season um before our 3-0 vict- victory over Doncaster last Tuesday night um we actually haven't beaten any of the sides in the top 8 uh this season um which is you know a pretty disgraceful uh record so far but um look, we've got that Doncaster win under our, ba- our belt now we've you know banished those demons and um yeah I'm 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 cautiously optimistic for tonight. I'm wearing my um, as people will be able to see on um uh the Johnny Johnson interview uh which we did um, that will be
0: which will be up on yeah the it'll podcast be up and uh, the
1: youtube uh version of it with uh cameras on will be uh as i say it'll be up on youtube soon where you'll see that uh, i am in my orange Oxford kit tonight with the vanarama van dyke on the back uh, uh getting yep. ready for the game tonight on that by the way there was an amazing sure. infographic uh on twitter that came out um uh, recently of um uh you know rob rob atkinson's you know stats on forward and ball carrying abilities and you know adding into fact that he's a left footer and effective from set pieces i mean he, he's going to you know he he'll make an immense amount of money for us um and i'm sure we've just got to rate for the right time to sell him
0: yeah uh indeed uh uh, of course, uh, another big result, Blackpool's 3-1 win against Peterborough. A surprise result.
1: Perhaps on paper, but excuse me, Blackpool have been really one of the most impressive sides in the league. They're probably the team of the month, really. No, um, oh, excuse me, in the championship uh, this season. Um, I've, I've personally been you know, incredibly impressed uh, with how they've dealt with their defensive injuries. And they've still managed to have um, the best defence in the league the um, second best defence in the league, excuse me, after all of them. Um, you know, it was made even worse, well, it will be made even worse this week as Dan Ballard is, you know, on Northern Ireland duty. So that's another defender out Um, in addition, excuse me, to uh, James Husband as well, who's been a stalwart for them so far. But Luke Garber, you know, was absolutely tearing down the left flank on Tuesday night Um, and, you know, grabbed off with a goal and you know, did his fun thing of, you know, uh and carlo ancelotti who you know obviously have that famous gaffe of not knowing who he was um it's so good to see elliot embleton finally getting some game time in league one in his preferred position at number 10 because we've seen you know the potentially of the player at sunderland um, and it is good to see him you know knuckle down and finally get that game point yates as well up front you know we know he's 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 you know absolutely reliable at this level um and yeah they took their chance and i mean you know with the games in hand um that they've got there already in the playoffs now and to be honest, you know, um Peterborough do look like they're starting to tail off hull will start to tail off too I'm sure. Um and uh yeah you know maybe it might not even be that far school to suggest for or maybe a, a little bit Yeah uh indeed uh a uh, a fun game.
0: Uh moving on uh I think we can look at the weekend's yeah. results now. Uh, starting with the game, which we were very eagerly anticipating, uh, Pompey mm. hosting Ipswich. Ipswich taking the lead, but Pompey fighting back and dominating possession.
1: Uh, yeah, and, no, and, I, I definitely I, thought Pompey would deserved winners. Um, all of the players that have been interviewed this week have already spoken glowingly about the attention to detail that Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley have already introduced there. Um, you know, training sessions must feel completely different now, with both the enthusiasm of the Cowley brothers in, you know, comparison in stark contrast to that of, you know, Jacket, who definitely seemed like quite a stale um, and inventive character behind the scenes. Um, and you saw that, you know, um, renewed energy in their play. Um, uh, Curtis, you know, looks like, uh, the player he, we all know he can be and you know, Marcus Harness as well, also seems similarly revitalized. Um, Sean Raggett was, you know, an absolute rock at the back for them. And, you know, obviously we know how successful he's been working under the Cowleys before, uh, Lincoln, and I'm sure, you know, they've got big plans for him. Um, Jordi Hirula, you know, as, as predicted, um, last week, you know, being starved at performances in the Pompey side so far this season, you know, got brought into this game and, you know, definitely took his chance, you know, just being an absolute nuisance uh, for Ipswich defenders to deal with. Um, and, uh, you know, Incialla and Wilson, you know, I've been sceptical of, of them as a back two so far this season. I personally prefer um, to have Luke Chambers in there. Um Given that you know Luke Chambers' led, legs are you know starting to go, to be honest, um, I think it you know, uh, transition to playing at centre back may be naturally on the cards anyway, but I definitely he's got potential there as a player. Um, and Bishop, Dazell, and Judge, yes, on paper, it would probably be the midfield three I'd play as well. Um, but they just got overrun by Portsmouth, uh, to be honest. Well, uh, <laughs> no, may, maybe on overruns" the wrong term, but um. The speed at which Pompey played through the lines definitely left them in the dust. And, uh, yeah, they, they struggled. To, yeah. Uh, they definitely struggled to deal with that. And, you know, it's going to be another thing that Paul Cook will quickly look to change.
0: Yeah, uh, Paul Cook's had, uh, you know, it doesn't mean a blistering start at a uh, hit switch. You know, they've only got one mm. in the last five. Uh, do you see them improving, or do you think their playoff hopes, are like, you know, it, it, it's, this season's pretty I think lost.
1: the correct thing for Ipswich to do would be to assume that the playoffs are done for this season, and just focus on you know developing that that winning mentality and you know that grit that are so characteristic to Paul Cook's sides, you know as well as that explosive wing play, um, which has been crucial to Paul Cook's sides over the past few seasons. And you know the potential is definitely there in this Ipswich side, especially with players like Keenan Bennett. Um, I'm sure that will come very soon. Um it's difficult to say that right because the, the the playoff race is so tight and narrow at the minute. A it means it's gonna be it's gonna continue to be narrow over the next few weeks, regardless of what the results are. There's always gonna be that dangling carrot there for um uh, you know, to see like, oh, but if we just, you know, put a run of three or four wins together, you know, we'll be in those playoffs and you know, that may necessitate a return to a pragmatic results. Results, outcome, based style of thinking and playing, um, but that may not be the best thing for Ipswich at the minute because it looks to me as if they've you know they've uh, they've gone for that over the last few weeks, and I mean the results haven't really matched up with ideally what they'd be. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. So they've tried to change their tactical identity and tried to become better, but it just mm. hasn't worked. So far, out. though, I mean you know.
1: Uh, Paul Cook's obviously going to be a success at Ipswich in the long term. I think you'd, you'd have to be a very brave person uh, to suggest uh, otherwise. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there, there's definitely a decent enough squad there um, at least to have good foundations for next season if Ipswich, you know, end up outside the playoffs. <laughs>
0: yeah, indeed. Uh, moving on, uh, of course, yeah. Uh we had that game. And then after that, of course, uh, uh, Sunderland and Lincoln, another game, hotly anticipated, which, uh, you know, the the both sides would take a draw in which they did. And, uh, yeah, they lived Yeah, it's
1: a a slightly weird one, this. Um, It's, you know, definitely, it was definitely, you know, a game which had um, stark changes regarding the intervals of the game. You know, I think Lincoln definitely won the first quarter uh, of the game. But, you know, once, um, Max Power and Grant Lebiter really started to break break the play up for Lincoln and you know frustrate that you know fluid style of play that is so key to Appleton's sides. Um, they grew in confidence in the game and you know Gucci McGee got more involved. Um, Dion Sanderson again on the score sheet. He's you know what an unbelievable snip uh, on loan. He's been um, I, I'm, I'm absolutely shocked when he won the championship. Nobody in the championship, excuse me, you know took a punt on him. Uh, in January, but he's he's nailed down his spot at Sunderland, and you know, he's been what he's been definitely been the best signing of the January transfer window in the league. Um, and but then you know, into the uh opening half of the second half, the third quarter of the game, um, you know, Michael Apperton must have given him a, a really good team talk because being complaint with that, direction, um, that was so important to them uh in those op- in those opening fifteen, twenty minutes and, you know, Morgan Rodgers and Brendan Johnson, you know, the two uh the two amazing mm-hmm. loans of the division, um linking up really nicely and, you know, Callum Morton, uh, who was so impressive on the with Hampton last season, obviously bagged a goal in the playoff final. Um starting to become integrated with the team, starting to be effective. Um it's always interesting seeing the target man under Michael Appleton because they, they they seem to have very mixed fortunes. Um I mean you know Oxford, you know, Danny Hilton who's you know a bustling player with you know continue, continually excellent under him, but you know, Ryan Taylor, who's more of that traditional target man world, was you know a bit of a failed transfer really. Um and so it'll be interesting to see what uh comes of uh Callum Morton over the next few weeks. Yeah, uh
0: indeed. <laughs> Callum Morton, an interesting figure. And uh yeah. Uh, yeah. of course, getting on the score sheet, uh, for Sunderland, and uh, yeah, Charlie White failing to score, surprisingly. But yeah, it's good to see that uh, Sunderland have a variety of scorers who they can rely on, you know, they're not one di- dimensional.
1: Uh, um, uh, I'd also like, to, well, I mean, uh, another one of the really impressive sides on the weekend was Burton, uh, was both Burton Albion and MK Dons. really. Um, you know, two sides who you know, you look obviously at the table and you see. Right. Uh, They're both in the bottom half, which I mean, if you look at that performance, it'd just be mad because you know both sides put in a very respectable performance. Burton continuing their high performance level we've seen in recent weeks under you know the ridiculous run they've been on under Jimmy Goyd Hasselbank, um, Sean Clare. Um, who, has, as, as I, you know, discussed, was you know looked to be a failed transfer at Oxford, really, and a bit of a cast off, um, who's just absolutely exceptional in this kind of free midfield role for them, where he's, you know, he picks up the ball in you know isolated areas of the pitch and just uses that dynamism that he has to, you know, uh, rush, rush, drive, pass, players and you know break those lines, which you know is going to be so key if they want to get Johnson into came He's, you know, very much a, a, a poacher striker. Um, but you know, when you come up against a side with the quality that MK Dons have, or at least the attacking quality and the attacking patterns of play that MK Dons have, you know, seeing such sophisticated attacking patterns in League One is just an absolute right.
0: Well, Russell Martin didn't, you know, he wasn't, he didn't play the most exotic teams, but he definitely is displaying, a, you know, a kind of gift for, you know, uh complicated absolutely
1: you know it is as i say you know it's slightly frustrating to see it happening at mk dons um as a club um but uh, no he's um he's been very impressive uh so far and you know i think folk who um started to question him uh during their fairly barren run recently you know have been shown up over the last few weeks and you know mk dons are back on a winning track and right back on the winning track and surely We'll finish in at least the top half uh, come May. Um,
0: and uh, wh- where do you think the future lies for uh, uh, Russell Martin? Do you, do you think that a championship job could be beckoning if things go... To- oh, absolutely. Go yeah, um, at- um,
1: I I really... Um, I mean, to be honest, he probably wants to finish the job at MK Dons and get them promoted next season first. Um, I mean, you know, with one or two key additions, you know, probably a better box-to-box midfielder to really compliment O'Reilly and Sermon. Um, maybe, um, uh, you know, crucial to them having you know that role form over the next season, which you know, uh, I, I'm sure will come. Um, I mean, even without that, I just, they'd still you know be you know, pretty likely to be in my playoff prediction for them come 2021 2022 season. Um, but yeah, you know, it just depends, excuse me, what the managerial merry-go-round is like. Obviously, Russell Martin. Would be appointed under a long term vision, you know, that far like a kind of manager, which you know, the recent championship appointments have you know, uh, tended towards over the last few months. Um, but um, maybe even for Preston, you know, obviously, there's you know, board issues there, and you know, Russell Martin may not get the investment that he'd want that. Um, but, you know, that could potentially be a landing yeah. spot for him. I'm, I'm sure he would want to finish the job at MK Drives first.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I think he's mm. built a good uh, foundation there, and he want to see that through. Uh, finally, I think the game of the weekend goes to yeah. Rochdale and Peterborough, uh, the bottom side. You know, this is typical, you know, EFL drama. Uh, the bottom side thinking they scored a 90th minute winner until uh, they give away a penalty in 90 plus three minutes. And just yeah, no, Aki on our
1: uh, varsity chat was going um, uh, going mental uh, when Rochdale, you know, somehow went into to lead before the end of the game. Uh, Had they held on to that lead, um, they'd have, um, you know, uh, excuse me, they've uh, they'd been outside the relegation right now, and they're currently going with the league, which just shows how, you know, think how tight things are down there. Peterborough, you know, obviously it, it, you know, got exposed in midweek way at Blackpool, as we've discussed, but, you know, they can't keep banking on that Holy Trinity uh, of uh, Dembele H. Monix and uh, Johnson-Clark-Harris, you know, scoring games and you know about bailing them out um, when you know they're defensively abject as they were uh, away at what fell really um, you know I, I would give, like to give a lot of credit to Brian Barry he's faced a lot of criticism this season including from me to be honest who have you know uh, questioned his you know reckless pursuit of attacking goals um, that's not out of a, a philosophical objection but rather you know any team that is conceding the amount of goals that roth shells are and who hopes to set up you really do have to ask questions um it, it, it's you know unfortunately the, the reality of how you know football works um but they were definitely impressive on the weekend and you know they'll be frustrated that they didn't get the win but you know they have that uh they did get the win at central bank uh, a few weeks back and you know they've shown that you know when they're attacking play clicks and you know when they're in full flow Um, They're definitely not a bottom four side, so they're just going to have to hope that, you know, over the next uh, 10 or 11 games that they have left, they hit that, you know, four enough times.
0: Yeah, they'll be encouraged by this uh, result, sure. Uh, uh, How do you think Peterborough will feel uh, being uh, taken up? Mm. This is two uh, relatively poor results in a row, uh, a draw away at Russia. No, it will two very poor
1: performances in a row. Uh, to be honest, um, it, it really felt like in February that Peterborough turned a corner with regard to their inconsistent form. Um, but um, it, it seems to have cropped back up again, much like, you know, Portsmouth under jacket in January and February, um, which is, you know, so frustrating. But, you know, sadly, it's the way things have gone. Um, as I say, you know, it, it, it's looking more and more likely that Sunderland are going to win the league, um, to be honest, with the form that they're on, which, you know, just does not look like stopping uh, at least on performance levels um so it may be a shootout between peterborough and hull for that uh for that second or automatic spot but as a, you know peterborough just need to get back into their uh, swing of things and you know start to shore up defensively um and you know they're gonna need that leadership Especially, you know, Mark Beavers and Thompson are two players who, you know, are relative EFL veterans now, to be honest. And they've, you know, seen how important a crucial run at the end of the season is. Um, and I'm, I, I'm sure that, you know, Beavers especially will be able to provide that leadership for the run. Yeah, indeed.
0: Uh yeah, Mark Weaver's uh, a veteran at Bolton, of yeah. course, and uh, he's seen it all, I guess. In I guess ones, in our
1: final week uh, uh, one uh, talking point will be uh, Nigel Atkins' uh, debut at oh. uh, Charlton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How have we not?
0: Uh, okay, all I want to say. Well, first, I want the first thing I want to say is uh, this is the perfect performance uh, for a new manager to see because I oh, think I in ninety minutes he's seen the the, the the complete picture of what Charlton are of course he had like a couple of days before this so you can't pin anything on him but he knows exactly what to work on and uh on twitter of course on social media as uh, so uh, as people point out he uses it very cleverly like uh, in his daily posts he 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 kind of gives an idea of what he's trying to do and uh what he's working on and the way he's going about things without giving too much away and without uh i don't think he checks his replies or anything too which is good for him and it's brave of him to use social media in the way he does but yeah, uh, I, people are saying, you know, I'm getting good vibes from him. And that's the most important thing in the way in which he talks and presents himself. He presents himself as a man who kind of knows what he's doing and doesn't have any hubris or, you know, he, he yeah, I trust him. No, I know, definitely comes trust that him. As well. guy.
1: Um, and, you know, when Charlton fans see that, you know, personable side to his personality, you know, um, an affable nature of him, you know, that's going to, you know, create that rapport between manager and fans which is so difficult to establish when fans aren't in the ground you know there needs to be a substitute medium for that yeah relation.
0: well yeah i think yeah his social media is, is especially important in this time and uh yeah uh i would be interested to see how what the tactical well, it's, uh, it's start interesting because it's, it's start kind, of kind
1: of puzzling our not in this for- game to be honest um i mean you know he-
0: well it, it was too to what well, he said it himself, it was two poor goals to well, concede. The, they shot themselves in yeah, the foot and he knows that the, For Mayo uh, the...
1: error for the second was just shocking, you know. It's uh that that's you know one of the strongest contenders for um playing out from the back goal on Twitter account. Um and Charlton adapted really well after Liam Miller went off injured, you know, Jayasimi came on and you know, got on the score sheet. Um, uh, so, no, I, I would agree with you, Aki, that it was kind of the perfect performance for Atkins to come in for, you know, to see the, both the positives and the frailty that need improving uh, with this challenge. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, you're right. And uh, it'll be very interesting, interesting. Of course, they don't have a game, which is disappointing. Because we'd like to see how they kick on. But they're away to Doncaster uh, when when the uh, when they resume, and that'll be a very interesting test for Nigel Atkins. And again, as as you know, Oxford sort have of shown, and amongst other teams, they're a team who are kind of wobbling at the minute. So it'll be interesting to see Charlton try and be ruthless, hopefully against them. Also, quick word on Oxford losing to Black. Yeah, much out. the uh, same I'm as the uh,
1: Northampton in
0: midweek uh, that we
1: we already discussed to be honest just you know those switching at the wrong times you know frustrating it's always frustrating for the two goals you can um because like you know if they gonna score at least make them uh work for it um but um uh no yeah you, you know blackpool did a job on us um often fans who got irate and i i can't quite understand because you know sometimes you just come up against a good team which blackpool are you know, it, it's it's not like, you know, we're the best side in the league all the time and you know, everyone else is worse than us. Um, you know, that's just the reality of things. Um as they are. But um uh yeah, no, as, as I say, you know, it's 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 something that, you know, I, I definitely trust KR with. Um and um, it's 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 a, it's a difficult run for us coming up. We got Sunderland away after um uh after uh Lincoln. And uh, I think we also have Accrington in there as well. Um, so, you know, it, you know, it'd be nice to see a few points uh, picked up against the, the sides in the top six. Yeah, uh,
0: hopefully, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, a bit of a wobble for Oxford, but well, let's hope that they can get a win against uh, yeah, uh,
1: Lincoln. Just, um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just half, uh, three that. talking
0: points in League Two.
1: Um, firstly, Cambridge United, I'm going to swallow my pride um you
0: know, well they had
1: they had they yeah well i think rightfully but um no uh, their performances are starting to match their results now um they definitely deserve to beat uh forest green on the weekend too. up until now i've been the best team in the league really uh to be honest um and you know that's even with a missed penalty from paul mullin um, in there, um, you know, the switch to the diamond from a straight 4 2, I thought, I, th- I thought worked really well for this game. You know, it definitely gave them that midfield superiority okay. and they managed to, you know, stem the tide of, uh, Forest Green's attacks in the second half really well. Um, point two on League Two, um, Salford City again, um, sacking Richie Wellins. Um, why make a long term appointment if you're going to sack him after three months?
0: Well, some of the tweets yeah. have been quite funny
1: directly like at Gary Neville and uh, about him talking about long-term appointments. and. Uh, yeah, well, no, that's, that's of, fair. Um, uh, you know, it's definitely fair. And, you know, as I say, actually, it just points to poor club planning when you give a manager a long-term contract who is a long-term manager, like Richie Wellens, and then, you know, you just attack him after three months. That's not how it works. You know? um, If you want to, if they wanted to, you know, if their brief for their manager was get us and get us promoted this season, you know, Richie Wellens was just the wrong appointment t- completely. You know, you can't just say, Oh, he impressed on his job interview. You know, they need to have that shortlist already lined up. Um,
0: well, the class of 92, of course, uh, well, they've never accomplished a lot in football, but not one of their finest moments I'd say. You're right. It's a misjudgment. And, uh, well,
1: yeah no it, it definitely is um and uh it, it's frustrating because the money that they pump into club will likely you know hide the logistical uh mistakes that they're making as a club but um uh, yeah they obviously playoffs are still on from this especially with the um yeah I would also like I I'm I'm trying to as my as a final talking point for League Two, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this just ridiculous dip in form uh for Carlisle. Um they really look like for best of the, the best side in the league. They we weren't the best side in the league up until Christmas. Um, but this just bizarre, just like um total um uh, collapse of form. And it just it's it it seems to be without explanation to be honest. Um, you know, they've still got, you know. They're, they're, they're the key, you know, individuals of their side in Zanzala. You know, Zanzala's still in form. Uh, you know, Norman's a you know solid keeper for League Two level. Um, but yeah, it just all seems to have uh, collapsed uh, completely at Carlisle. To be honest, and um, yeah, playoffs uh, even playoffs seem a long way off now. Uh, so.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's, it's it's a strange collapse at Carlisle. Uh... Of course, yeah, they find themselves at 12th. Uh, yeah, it goes beyond, beyond that, Aki a lot. Um,
1: and, uh, you know, it's been pretty abject for them for um, 10, 10, 10 or even maybe even 15 games or so now, uh, to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if a decent run of form is around the corner for them. But, to be honest, um, given the, the volume of teams in the playoff spots, right now in and around the playoff spots who are in you know at least decent form um it looks unlikely that they'll change that and i mean in those teams excuse me um they're playing you know cambridge on the weekend um which is one of the tasty elite fixtures but also in that preview. um uh if we can you know quickly you know if we could transition into a preview now of efl fixtures um you know that's going to be a key game in the promotion race, as is Forest Green versus Bolton um, as well. You know, Bolton maybe even sniffing automatic promotion now. Um, oh, yeah, our friend Benjamin Darby, who was yeah. on the
0: podcast. Yeah, and uh, another really um, a big battle at the bottom of the league.
1: Walsall have just been in abject form recently. And Grimsby have, you know, starting to put a decent run together. You know, i sh- we'll smell blood, I'm sure. Sh- yeah.
0: Well, one win in their last five, Alf, but... Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. definitely is. So it's a strange one.
1: Yeah. Hello? we uh, about yeah, uh, yeah, League yeah, One sorry. fixtures as uh, well, it's, yeah, yeah, it's so it's definitely uh, GC embarrassing.
0: Yeah, let, let's do our weekend preview then. Uh, mainly League One and League Two fixtures, but uh, starting with uh, League One, uh, which fixtures stand out for you, Alf? of course apart from tonight and, uh,
1: um i'm Oxford actually quite intrigued by wimbledon northampton uh one,
0: yeah yes a big game at the bottom uh wimbledon have one game in hand over well two games in hand over northampton but you know that d- 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 they could go a long way in uh, nullifying Wimbledon's would Wimbledon have one yeah judging win, by no wins um, in the last
1: five uh recent uh uh, form, you know, Northampton would definitely seem to have the edge in this game. But, you know, given that, you know, it's going to be a scrap between two direct teams, you know, that might be the kind of game that Wimbledon really like, you know. Um, we'll be able to, you know, reduce the game to its absolute bare margins and um, you know, try and nick a 2-1 or a 1-0. Um, but that no, is an absolutely crucial game at the bottom. Uh, another game I'm interested in is actually Shrewsbury versus Portsmouth. Um, the gap between yeah, yeah. The gap between the, the two teams, and, you know, suggests it's a classic. But you know, it's a really interesting test for Portsmouth because Shrewsbury are side in the bottom half of the table with their tails yeah. up. You know, so it's interesting to see if you know Cowley will be able to implement a winning formula in that you know banana skin type of game so quickly. Um, but yeah, it's it's a game I'll definitely have my arm.
0: Yeah, uh, also, uh, yeah, that UK I mean, that's gonna be crazy.
1: That game, um, <laughs> I can't wait for that. Um, I, I, I might, you know, put a bet on something plus 2.5 goals or maybe even plus 3.5 goals, to be honest. Um, because you know, it's, it's, yes, bet response for me, be indeed. Bet response um, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's
0: uh, league one, and uh. I think. Uh, do you want to preview? Well, we've talked about the League Two fixtures. Uh, do you want to discuss your? Beloved yes, uh, a, a quick
1: uh, a quick stop tour, um, given that you know we've, we're going to have two more match days uh, in the international break, which we'll discuss in more detail on next week's show. Uh, more to sink our teeth into. There's a quick whistle stop tour of um, teams in the British Isles and then other stuff that has uh, caught my, eye. Um, you know, fairly you know standard winter England. Not much to talk about there. Um, real tests coming up um scotland austria uh very interesting game um you know i, I was you know more or less certain it was going to be a nil-nil um and to be honest you know both sides you know quite as i say you know like to reduce games to margins um, which is, you know, com- becoming inherent to international football, um, you know, ended up being, you know, very decent back and forth of the game. You know, Scotland definitely had the better of the first half, had a Stonewall penalty turned down, to be honest. Um, and so the draw was probably a fair result in the end, but, you know, Sasha Kolejic with his first two goals for Russia, an absolutely stonking header um, for the second. Um, and, uh, you know, carrying that club form into the international was really nice to see. Um, it was a pretty puzzling lineup, I thought, from Foda. you know, if you're going to play with two strikers, one a target man, one a poacher, you're going to need a lot of balls into a box of them. Um, you know, but without, you know, uh, any, you know, nominal wingers on the side, um, it, it was difficult to see where that, you know, where that delivery was going to come from. Um, but no, it's a decent start for the both of them and um, an even better start for Denmark and Israel, which is, you know, the banana skin game of the group. Um, and Denmark managed to, you know, uh, deal with that very well, I thought um Wales uh going down in Belgium uh 3-1 defeat um a f- an incredible goal um one of the best goals Wales have ever scored to open the scoring which was delightful to see but um you know a few you know individual defensive errors you know and um Belgium you know finally getting their act together after you know a slow 20 minutes you know uh, told the difference and you know for for Wales, you know, as I say, they've already wrapped up a playoff, so it's, it's you know, trying to win the group really that's a key and, you know, they definitely went for it in uh Leven. and you know came up just short. Northern Ireland, um uh, yeah, again, not much to worry about there. I thought they could have very decent resistance against Italy and you know created a very decent amount of chances and you know Michael Smith and Stephen Davis both should have scored in around the 60th minute mark um but you know the crucial game for them is uh home to Bulgaria um uh next week um and um they they a win there is absolutely crucial because they've seen how i mean part of my French hit Bulgaria are home after Switzerland, you know dispatched of them within 15 minutes yesterday um uh as for the Republic um another you know just frustrating Game for them is, you know, they definitely dominated the first half with regards to possession, you know, scoring their first goal um, uh, since uh, Shane Duffy's 90th minute header in Bulgaria for them in September, um, which is mad when you think about it. Um, but, you know, those defensive lapses, you know, costing them again. You know, Mark Travers at fault for the second goal were ridiculous as in to come out. Um, And, you know, that was arguably the the most important game of the group already gone for them. And, you know, Serbia have that ascendancy and, you know, uh, going for that second spot now. Um, And then for the other things across Europe that caught my eye, as I mean, Europe alongside uh, North America is the only uh, place in action, really. But, I mean, we'll discuss that later on next week's show. Um the only other stories from outside Europe, Comoros calling, qualifying for AFCOM, which is really nice, and um there's one or two AFC qualifiers, but nothing okay. really. Right? Um but you know, the story of the week in continental Europe has to be
0: um the Netherlands again going down uh in Turkey four two. I mean and, I don't uh, know, what do you think of this Turkey side? Like uh, is this as far as Turkey sides go a good Turkey side? Yeah, no, very good Turkey side. Um uh I I, I it was difficult
1: because going into in the pre-COVID world, going into the Euros, they they came off the back of an absolutely exceptional qualifying campaign, beating France 2-0 uh, in Konya and then, you know, in, drawing one all with them in Paris, and it you know, really looked like a strong dark horse for the tournament. Um, and then, you know, they had an abject nation's League campaign where they ended up getting relegated in 2020, um, in, you know, pretty, you know, not the most difficult of groups with, you know, Russia, Hungary, and Serbia. Um, but they seem to have picked it up now um, they've got really decent depth, faki As a squad, you know, um, Khan Ihan not even starting for them with Ozan Kavak and Chaly um being their centre-back axis. Zeki Chelik has been arguably the best right-back in the league on the season. They've got that reliable creativity with Yaguchi and Chaly And, you know, Burak Yilmaz is, uh, you know, uh, an international football icon and, you know, rocked in a delicious free kick for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's with the way um, the Netherlands are going at the minute under the um shocking uh management of uh frank de burgh um it could even be turkey and norway for those top two spots and you know the netherlands not even making a playoff um but we will see how that goes because you know there are people making a question of you know are you know de birds um lineup was wrong or de diverse formation choices wrong i'm actually not sure you know on paper the lineup and formations and um, formation of a 433 and you know marlin uh to plan sh- makes you know perfect sense but you know there's some the coaching is just clean there and you know bird continues to manage those top jobs is beyond me um but there's you know plenty more international football over the next weekend and um uh we can, you know i can't wait to see my teeth into that uh, next week's kick about yeah uh
0: there's plenty to look forward to uh, as i said league one league two action and uh, uh Football, well, of course. England and Poland, of course, will be very interesting.
1: Is yeah, that- it's going to be interesting to see because, uh, obviously, logically, the 11 he goes for, that Southgate goes for against Poland, it will be, you know, the, the lineup he's considering most of the games at the Euros, which is what we're most interested in. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure that'll be a hot topic conversation on the next week's
0: show. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, uh, thank you for listening, guys. Bye from me. Bye from Alf. And we'll see you all next week.
1: See so you all. Enjoy the international break.